Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the MobileCast. We're coming to you live from the MobileCast studio here in Oakland, New Jersey, and I'm your host, Brian Katz. We have a really great show lined up for you today, actually pretty special. I'm kind of excited about it. Um, we're going to be talking about the VMware AirWatch acquisition. So VMware, for those of you that were watching the news last week, VMware actually um, acquired AirWatch, or actually is in the process of acquiring AirWatch, but put a letter of intent out there, and it was accepted. And we have two great guests today. So we have Sanjay Poonin, the EVP and um, GM of End User Computing at AirWatch. And we have John Marshall, the CEO of AirWatch. I'm sorry, End User Computing at VMware. And John Marshall, the CEO of AirWatch. So Sanjay, why don't you say hi and introduce yourself real quick, and then we'll let John introduce himself. Brian, thank you very much. It's great to be on your show and to talk to your audience and listeners. Uh, we were very excited last week about the great news. Uh, and uh, I've been here now uh, a little less than six months, five months uh, prior, seven years at SAP, and uh, just excited about the potential end-user computing. Uh, I'm in my role here on EVP and general manager of the end-user computing area, and we'll talk obviously during the show about what that is, uh, but thank you for having us on the show. And John? Great. Thanks, Brian, as well. appreciate the opportunity to come back, and last time you were at our Connect event, and all the growth and momentum of our user community and our customers. We've continued that pace, and now we feel like combining uh, forces with VMware and, uh, and the entire federation uh, is going to be a phenomenal impact for our customers, for our employees, and our partners. Look forward to discussing that today. Great. So let's dive right in, because I know neither of you have a lot of time. Um, so let's start with AirWatch. AirWatch is you know, primarily known originally for MDM. And over the last um, two years has been expanding into EMM, or Enterprise Mobility Management, with um, their own version of MAM, Mobile Application Management, Mobile Content Management, and a few other pieces. And then at the same time, we have VMware, which is known for its virtualization, um, starting with, you know, originally starting with Workstation, then moving into servers, and, you know, huge hypervisor, cloud, um, big company, but end-user computing from them isn't as well-known. So, Sanjay, why don't we start with you just to explain what end-user computing and what you do at um, VMware is. Yeah, well, I mean, what we've had a vision of is to ensure for these people that are users of computing, end-users we call them, that we could provide a secure virtual workspace that allows them to work at the speed of life. And what we mean that by that is today, uh, if you start off at a desktop and then move to a laptop or then pick up a tablet or a phone or get into your Tesla or favorite car, you want your devices, your applications, your content to all be seamlessly served up to you securely. Uh, and this notion of you being out of office is, we think, an obsolete kind of term. So all of the computing environment that an end user needs to be had needs to be managed, needs to be secured, in some cases virtualized. Uh, we think it requires a Switzerland type of company that's not beholden to one operating system or the other, you know, Windows or iOS, Android, uh, and that's been our vision. We've done very well on the desktop side. Uh, we're gaining a lot of market share there against the desktop uh, players in the market. And in the mobile side, we really were, quite frankly, non-existent and didn't have a brand. As we looked at the space, uh, we felt that AirWatch was the gold medal in the space, and uh, as we did our own due diligence as well as talk to customers, it led us together. And that's why we're talking today. 
Right. So, Sandra, let, let me just ask, because, you know, you started there six months ago. You came from SAP that um, where you guys acquired Afaria um, with Siebel and all. Were you looking to acquire somebody from day one, week one? Was this part of your charge when you were hired there, or did it take some time for you guys to figure that out? You know, because you guys have had some mobile initiatives. They just haven't really gone very far at VMware. You know, I think VMware had all, all, already been thinking about, you know, where does end-user computing go? And clearly mobile is one direction of it. Uh, I think, you know, certainly my um, uh, passion for that space uh, accelerated our thinking of uh, the fact that long-term, um, you know, if we didn't have a mobile perspective, you know, the traditional desktop wasn't going to be sufficient. Uh, you know, mobile is the new desktop. Mobile is becoming increasingly more global. Um, but, uh, you know, we don't come in, I think you can never come into a strategy and acquire your way out of a strategy. You really have to have a strategy. So my goal in the first few months was to develop what that strategy ought to be, where we're organically investing, where we're organically investing. Uh, we did an acquisition in, in October, as you know, of Deathstone, um, which brought us really a desktop as a service, which was tremendously validating because we announced that in October, a month later in November, uh, Amazon announced their desktop as a service, sort of, you know, copying our strategy. And then in December, Cisco announced their desktop as a strategy where they really were embracing Deathstone as their lead offering. So that was very fortuitous. But all along, we felt that we, we needed to do something uh, in mobile to expand and accelerate the market. Um, and generally, it's always best for a company to build uh, because it's cheaper to build. It's also more elegant in terms of integration. But sometimes if you're far behind in the market, in time to market perspective, you have to look at ways to accelerate it. I think we came to the conclusion uh, that we really needed for time to market and uh, so on, you know, needed to acquire. And we began talking to our customers and asking our customers, you know, uh, why they were picking particular solutions. What we would notice is uh, we would win a deal um, in the desktop space, and we've been winning a lot of deals there against Citrix. But we would lose the deal in the mobile space, and, you know, as I did those loss calls, they end up really being win calls that I was investigating why they were winning Airwatch. And our customers began to tell us about the breadth and depth of their portfolio, the investment they were making, uh, this is they being Airwatch, and go to market, the size of their team, and all of those were factors. And in parallel, we began discussions uh, with, with John and Alan DeBerry, and uh, they really led one thing to another. We felt the culture was very good, and uh, it led to our consummation of the announcement last week. So that's a great segue for you, John. And, you know, let's go back a couple months. And actually, you and I have, you know, you and I have known each other for a while now. And I've asked you this question before. But, you know, you always said that you weren't looking to be acquired. You were really looking to go it alone, IPO. And this is kind of a complete about face. What changed your mind? You know, I, um, I've been involved in previous startups, and I will tell you, they woke up every day thinking about who's going to acquire them, and, and that's how they model their business. And uh, that was, you know, after I had been in a very successful uh, build-out with Alan at Manhattan. And so I saw Alan's very successful build-out of a company, and today they're over a $2 billion market cap company. And then I uh, had the opportunity to work at a startup before I started uh, Airwatch. And I will tell you that um, what I've said from day one with our employees when they um, come to interview is they all ask about an exit strategy. And I said, if you focus every day on building great technology and serving your customers well and being passionate about uh, doing the right thing for them, then you'll have the right opportunity. And, uh, and so I thought naturally, and even up to a couple months ago, the natural course of progression that we've been marching towards is you know just thinking about 
an IPO. And part of the reason that we've always thought about that is we had not come across an opportunity with a partner that we thought had a true strategic fit. Certainly there are others that have done acquisitions, there are plenty of others that have knocked on our door, and we didn't see the right fit culturally, we didn't see the right fit for our customers, we didn't really see the right fit for um, our partners and lots of different things along the way. Uh, every single potential um, acquirer up to this point that knocked on our door, we would have left one of those three out in the cold. And so when, when this happened, uh, certainly we weren't looking to be acquired, and you know that's naturally when the best combinations sometimes often happen. Uh, we came into the conversation, I would say very guarded, but as we got to know them, just like they got to know us, uh, certainly VMware is one of the most innovative technology companies recognized throughout Silicon Valley, uh, you know, from the enterprise perspective for uh, their, you know, I would say their continuous innovation and technology. Uh, if you look at their culture, their people, their DNA, the strength of their customer base, the 500,000 customers, the 55,000 channel partners, you have to factor all of that in. And, you know, Brian, I think the other point that's very uh, important to share is that from day one, Alan and myself have been very focused on our employees and on our customers. And our customers represent, you know, also people that have believed in us and have invested in AirWatch through time and effort and sweat and equity and giving us feedback and helping make our product and our company better. We're realistic that the, the overall space was changing a little bit, and we wanted to make sure that uh, this is absolutely the right decision long term. We want to win the market. We're very competitive. We want to win the market. We want to be teamed up with the right winner in the market. And the, the, um, the concept of going from the data center through virtualization all the way to the, desk, the desktop and then to mobile just made a lot of strategic sense. If you look at the Federation, and I think Sanjay can talk a little bit about that more with EFC uh, and RSA and others, you have a phenomenal set of go-to-market presence globally. And quite frankly, we just couldn't scale fast enough in Asia, in Latin America, and some of the other markets to serve our customers. And this gives us a way that we um, are in a fantastic position globally to serve our customers, to continue working with our channel partners, to give our employees a great career path, and a great uh, opportunity to combine forces with a phenomenal culture. There were all the right reasons, which this just made perfect strategic Okay, so how quickly from first contact to get the deal done here with you guys? Because, you know, knowing you guys, I'm going to guess it was quicker than most people expect. Either one of you, either one of you can take that. Uh, you know, yeah, and I'll start. We, we began discussions, you know, I mean, there have been discussions going on and on uh, in the past about customers and partnerships, but most of our uh, discussions began in earnest in the, uh, you know, second half of last year. And, uh, you know, again, what we wanted to do was make sure that they were thoughtful, uh, but also quick because, you know, you have a, you, there's risks, obviously, of things leaking. So we wanted to obviously have it be thoughtful, but also be judiciously expedient and, you know, good for both sides and culturally a good fit. And I think as we got to know each other, you know, I think now John and I are finishing each other's sentences. I really sense a good camaraderie. I think one of the things from our perspective uh, that was, you know, might feel a little bit contrarian. Um, being in the Silicon Valley, we actually like the fact that uh, John, the Airwatch team, were in Atlanta. And most people would be like, "Wow, you know, that doesn't make sense, isn't it? You know, wouldn't you kind of, you know, think about the proximity of Silicon Valley and so on?" But you know, Silicon Valley has a sort of an insidious um, tendency to feed off each other. A lot of VMware people are poached by other companies because they think that VMware is such an innovator, they've got good resumes, 
And you know, everyone's trying to disrupt the other person. We all think the next hot company down the street is the company they ought to work at. And we really felt that in Atlanta, Airwatch had sort of the darling reputation of being the best software company there. Uh, I mean, not to say that other companies are not good, but they are really one of the darlings of the high-tech community. And there's something to be said now about, you know, that tech community starting to form in other cities outside of just the Bay Area. Uh, certainly in Bangalore, we, we felt that their location there was also synergistic with us because we have a big Bangalore investment. So that was also, I would say, a key reason in our, um, besides the breadth and depth of it, the cultural fit of what we liked um, in this combination. John? You know, interestingly, we, uh, I think we, once we started talking, uh, I would say probably, uh, you know, very late Q3, early Q4, uh, things progressed really well. You, you know, the funny thing is both companies are so focused on customers and execution, we, we both almost, uh, you know, I would say hit the pause button in December for a couple of weeks and backed off uh, because it, we each wanted to execute really well on Q4. And, uh, it, you know, certainly we were, uh, I would say, in a, in a good spot in terms of coming together. But, uh, you know, we wanted to make sure that we wrapped up the year very strong. And uh, certainly if you heard kind of the pre-announcement from VMware on the financial call, you know, they wrapped up pretty strong. So what I'll tell you is the synergies, all of that were there. But our cultures are actually so both aligned that, we, you know, we, we both kind of hit the pause button for, you know, most of December and said, let's just go execute well, serve our customers, and make sure that we're winning all the big units in the market together, uh, you know, respectively in our own segment, uh, and that will make both companies stronger going into the new year. So, uh, yes, it went very, I would say, fairly quickly from uh, the time that we really got into it, but uh, ironically, just because of our culture being so strongly rooted in execution and wanting to serve our customers and, and win that market share, uh, we did kind of both hit the pause button in December. It's an interesting story. So let's switch gears just a little bit. You know, from what I've been reading, and I mean, I, I know blogged about it last week, but um, if I understand it correctly, Sanjay, you're going to kind of let John run Airwatch as almost a wholly owned subsidiary day one. How do you see it progressing from there? Because, I mean, I know that from an outsider perspective, what I see when I look at it is the fact that, you know, Airwatch is about 1,600 people. They're trying to go global and everything else, and that's something you've already done. You have support people and salespeople all over the world, which to me fits in really well with some of the pieces that Airwatch is missing. Um, but how do you actually see it progressing from you know wholly owned to starting to integrate some of the stuff that you have? Yeah, no, I think, you know, we've looked at a lot of the uh, best practices that we've learned from both, you know, VMware's experience and previous acquisitions. Granted, this is the biggest one we've done, EMCs, and then also my own experience at SAP. And we, we have a lot of, you know, hunger and humility about knowing that, you know, the history of acquisitions typically isn't successful. And most often, you know, if you over-integrate um, and if you don't allow the asset to continue to grow. So we've come in with a lot of, of humility of wanting to do this well and with tremendous respect for what John and Alan the team have, have set up. Um, and quite frankly, uh, we want to continue to fuel that success. So what we decided was John will continue to run the CEO of Airwatch and will retain and amplify the Airwatch brand. Uh, not just will we invest behind, we will grow the presence in places like Atlanta and Bangalore and wherever have you. Uh, and then find ways by which where the VMware channel is strong or the VMware assets are strong, we throw more fuel to the fire. For example, 
you know, um, um, John and his team have sort of cautiously been deciding where to invest in China. We have a very successful, in APJ, China is one of our strongest operations. We've got good, so maybe we could help them there. Uh, they've got a really good presence in the UK. You know, maybe their team takes the lead there. At least I'm talking about sales areas. On the product front, you know, we really had very little to no investment or overlap on the mobile side. If it is, it's minimalistic, it's easy to reconcile. Most of the end user computing investments have been on the desktop. That's the bulk of 90, 95% of where our revenue is. So that's fairly clean. And I fundamentally believe, you know, John's doing a great job. We, we continue to, to let, that, let him drive that and then form seamless ways by which, as he needs to, he can integrate into not just VMware, but anything that EMC needs. And our goal should be, you know, take the 1,500 people as that grows, 1,600 rather, grows to whatever John needs. Uh, the 15,000 people of VMware are throwing more, uh, you know, fuel behind that fire. And then the, whatever, 35, 40,000 people of EMC, whenever they throw the word mobile, or as they think about things that we do in end-user computing, they also bring AirWatch into those opportunities. Then you get a really nice forcing function of the entire, as John put it, the federation helping this asset go. And you know, quite frankly, in enterprise mobility now, in this management security area, we think we can really run away at the market if we execute quickly. And John? Yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head. There's a couple other areas um, that really make a lot of business sense. One of those things, 70% uh, of our customers are in the cloud. And the fact that cloud is so important and data centers and infrastructure are so important, so I think we've done a very good job maturing in that area over the last couple of years. But when it comes to true expertise on things like uh, the enterprise file sync and share and the content management, and now combining where we've got the, um, the easy access to the resources and the technical expertise of ENC and of VMware, and what they're doing you know, with Pivotal and the hybrid cloud approach, now you start to think about, I would say, major leaps. And while all our comp competitors are going to be, I would say, going through that learning curve or trying to do a lot of the same things in the data center, we not only have the back, you know, six, seven years on launching and running our business in the data center, now we can get all this expertise from the Federation to help move that side forward. So certainly there are areas like in China and Japan and, uh, and some more help and fuel to the fire in LATAM where we've got 20 plus people, but we can certainly accelerate and other areas in India, et cetera, where their go-to-market is definitely going to be stronger. Not only that, they have office presence, and you have to think about a lot of the challenges in these markets. It's not just selling. It's also getting contracting vehicles. It's getting labor agreements. It's getting all your infrastructure set up so you can even have the chance to go to market. So instantly, in every single one of these markets, Brazil and Mexico, China and Japan, throughout Southeast Asia, all of these markets, where it would have taken AirWatch another two years really just to work through the mechanics of going to market and getting, whether it's partners or direct opportunities, getting all that stuff in place literally overnight in 30 to 60 days, we're going to be able to hit the go button. And even if it's AirWatch resources that are driving that, we have the plumbing and the infrastructure on the go-to-market and the um, data center and some of the other infrastructure components to be able to leverage. That's a huge advantage for, for us jointly. Oh, absolutely agreed. And, you know, Sanjay, you've actually, you know, you've hired a bunch of new people in the last three weeks. Um, very interesting people. Um, a couple from Citrix and from some other places. But, you know, what do you, what's your vision of what you see end user computing transforming into? Because, you know, when I look at all this, and, you know, now I'll let John jump in on it, um, 
I yeah, you know, we talk about desktop when we talk about mobile, and I think this term desktop is going to start going away. Um, everything's mobile, and every, you know everything's just an endpoint. You know, at some point in the next couple of years, we're we're going to be talking about endpoint computing, not you know end user computing. Um, from the perspective of every user is using an endpoint, we don't have a desktop versus um, a phone. It's just a different instantiation of the screen and computing power. And I'm curious, you know, a what you see end user computing transforming into, and also how you see, you know, you've brought some very interesting people in who are very good. How you see them all working together with John's team and everything else to really transform end user computing? Yeah. Now let me cover the, the second part about the talent. I mean, I think you know John knows the same way. You know, we're in many cases as leaders, all of us. You know, with John, myself, we're like coaches of teams. You know, Jim Harbaugh, Pete Carroll, or whoever your favorite. We just got to keep hiring great talent and then taking the obstacles out of the way because often we're not the people necessarily always uh, scoring the touchdowns or you know running the play. We're guiding it, and we always are looking for ways in which we can continue to evolve the talent. John's built a world-class team, and I think there's been zero attrition from that. It's a really, really good team. And as I looked at our team, we had a couple of holes where I felt um, it would be good to get some world-class talent here on the desktop uh, side, and we had some really good talent from Citrix that we were able to coach here and, and hire and give them a big role, um, and we're excited about that. And listen, from our perspective, we're not really into the locker room talk about comp competition. We obviously are competitive. We want to win, but we want to hire the best talent for the job, and then allow them to be able to grow, and they in turn then are hiring more and more talent. I mean, we really think that, you know, in our, in our cultural growth, and AirWatch has been the same way, uh, you empower people. Uh, they've done an incredible job doing that, for example, at Georgia Tech, and, you know, a lot of young people there. Uh, when you empower people and let them really kind of shoot for the stars, give them a, a, a very open way by which they can paint their canvas, you get great things happening. Um, uh, and that's really been our, our goal in terms of doing this. We're excited. And, you know, obviously, my job is at my level, a Pat job at his level, every different level is to get the team to work together uh, in, so that there is synergy between them. And that's what we're not going to just hire a whole bunch of chiefs uh, and then not have people who are the doers, if you would. Uh, but I think we've got now a very perfect blend of people in every position on this, whether it's in our social computing team. Tim Young, I mean, he was named by Forbes magazine as one of the top innovators uh, in the industry, okay, when they named Forbes as the number three, sorry, VMware as the number three innovator, they picked Tim Young. He was a former CEO of SocialCast. So we're really excited in social computing. SocialCast, you know, the guy running that, uh, you know, and, and John will get to meet him sometime soon. He's a, a pioneer. So all of these leaders and their teams in turn, our goal is to make sure that we, say, we let, let them flourish to the best of the potential. Uh, and that's really what makes the great companies, you know, uh, continue to shoot for the stars. On your, your question about where we see this all going, I would agree with you. Uh, the world is going to be driven, like I said earlier, right? We want to create the secure virtual workspace to allow people to work at the speed of life. So that means that, yeah, the traditional desktop or laptop might change to a tablet or phone or to a Tesla. But if you go from desktop to Tesla, anywhere in that, you need this notion of a virtual workspace. So it's sort of like a Netflix movie. You begin the movie, for example, at home, you're watching your home screen, and you got to whatever, episode five of your favorite show, maybe it's House of Cards or whatever have you. Now you're flying in the plane, you're going to Barcelona, uh, you bring up the TV in the, um, the theater, sorry, in the hotel room or your laptop, and you could continue, and it starts exactly where you stopped. That's the notion of the way we want to make this seamless. 
So we really start not distinguishing then between where the desktop ends and where a mobile device begins or vice versa. It really becomes various different form factors. And quite frankly, it may not be even today a physical instantiation of, of a machine in a, uh, you know, a phone or, or a car. It could be actually a projector on glass where, in fact, wearable computing or your phone projecting on the glass becomes the way in which you deal with uh, computing. So I'd endorse, Brian, your view of uh, endpoint computing. What's the right word? I don't know. I mean, we coined this term end-user computing. We were the first to talk about it that way. Uh, if there's a better term that analysts use, we'll, we'll certainly adopt that. But we're gratified right now. We're seeing a number of um, you know, business cards start to show up in companies where you have a CIO underneath them. They have a VP of infrastructure that knows our data center very well. And then we're starting to see these VPs of end-user computing that have both sort of traditional desktop management and some of the new mobile stuff showing up. So whatever it ends up being, uh, Brian, we'll end up sort of morphing to the right term. But right now we call that category end-user computing. Yeah, the only spot I would slightly disagree with you there, Sanjay, is I don't know that it has to be virtual, but I think it, you know I think we're talking about the same thing when we talk about it. John, John, I'm not. I would not, uh, uh, you know, mince words. I agree. John, you want to uh, chime in? Well, there were so many questions in there. <laughs> Well, where, where do you see end-user computing? You know, you're coming from certainly, you're coming directly from the mobile side. Where do you see end-user computing transforming? You know, what do you see it becoming? And, you know, how does that fit the vision of, you know, there's Horizon Mobile and some other pieces that, you know, my guess is you're going to look to integrate with the product, et cetera. And where do you see that taking, you know, the AirWatch product as it becomes, you know, VMware's AirWatch? Absolutely. So let me actually focus a different direction from the, you know, from the, the desktop and the, I would say laptop. First of all, I think in the back half of this year and into 2015, we will start to see uh, a lot more of the bringing around laptop. And the funny part where I'm seeing it today, I'm seeing it uh, ironically in a lot of large companies where people have, let's say, a Windows-based machine and they want to bring a Mac because now a Mac is part of their personal ecosystem and they want to run sort of a virtual area on that Mac to get back to the corporate Windows stuff, uh, but they want to essentially have that experience. So uh, we're seeing, I think, the early days of bring your own laptop. I, I just don't feel like we're quite there yet, but it's going to evolve quickly over the next 12, 18 months. The other direction that I think is an interesting part that we haven't talked yet about is these devices, no matter what the device is, a laptop, a smartphone, a tablet, becoming their own ecosystem. And you see it a little bit in a line of business activity where uh, an iPhone perhaps is tied to something like an Ingenico or a Verifone sled to take the credit card and a mobile point of sale, and then talking to a wireless uh, receipt printer. You're seeing a lot of that. You're seeing a lot of that healthcare, home healthcare is starting to take off. So I actually think you've got going you know, deeper into the desktop area, but on the flip side, I also see this really expanding out into this whole ecosystem of devices, of peripherals, I think wearables will start taking off, and I think wearables will start taking off, again, probably the back half of this year in industries that just make a lot of sense, where now you might have a watch that serves as a secondary authentication device. So if you're a law enforcement and you've got a mobile phone, you don't have to type in your passcode if it's in proximity to your watch, because you're probably not going to lose both of them at the same time or you're going to have a service technician that might be working on an oil pipeline or something complicated, and they might be using some sort of peripheral device or the, you know, the next generation of a Google Glass or something 
to be able to watch a real-time video or you know something that's almost a little bit matrix-esque but i don't think we're that far away from that so you know my view is you're going to see more the line of business peripherals and then you're going to start to see some clever wearables uh, and i think the wearables and those types of things will really be driven by healthcare. I know you're, you know, a big fitness fan, and you've got, you know, your your wrist device. So I think you're going to see healthcare and service industries and some line of businesses driving the practical use of peripherals and wearables, and then it'll really proliferate uh, into more of these consumer things over time. So we we think we're just in the early stages of a much much bigger market. Yeah, I mean, I like the way you refer to it because I think. I've referred to it similarly, the ecosystem that gets built around the device that you carry with you, whether it's a phone, tablet, laptop, although it tends to be a smartphone at the moment, but, you know, how it becomes the center of all those devices. I think that that is actually quite interesting. Um, I don't want to digress too much into that because I know, John, you only have a couple more minutes and I um, don't don't want to lose you for that. So, um so this is great so far. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about, you know, the deal, how it came forth and all that. Um, where do you guys see yourself two years from now? You know, the integration, everything else. Where, what do you see it looking like? Uh, uh, undisputed market leader. I think if you look at what VMware has done in virtualization, uh, you know, there's a lot of complexity in the space. There's a lot of complexity in keeping up with every operating system, but then every API from every infrastructure, whether it's search or Wi-Fi or VPN, plus every peripheral, plus everything else, it takes a lot of R&D. Plus it takes, I would say, a lot of expertise. And again, I go back to the data center, to the hosting, to the SAN, to the virtualization, to all those components. It takes this full story to do it. There's not going to be another company in this space that will have the economies of scale in the data center that we will have. It just won't happen. So the big picture is tying all these things together. I think you'll see from us a intense focus, as Sanjay said, you know, we both have a very, you know, similar culture. Brian, you've known us from day one. I call it humble and hungry. We want to win. We're not arrogant about it. But I also joke around with everybody, and I say I've never been in a software deal where I got played, I got paid to be in second place. It's not race car driving. It's not golf. So we are very passionate about being the market leader because that's what helps our customers. That's what helps our partners, and that's what helps our employees. And that's really why we're here today is because it's a combination of our employees, our customers, and our partners all driving together to make this successful. I see a lot more of the same in business as usual. Sanjay? Uh, I think that just to build on John's stuff, we just want to see this business continue to grow. We think it's sort of one of those watershed moments where, you know, I used this analogy in uh, one of the other interviews I think I did with the media where in 2005, 2006, or around that time, from 2002, 2005, Google bought this company called YouTube for $1.5 billion. Uh, and I think a few years earlier, eBay bought this company called PayPal for $1.6 billion. And those both turned out to be seminal moves to both those companies. I'm not saying that you know Google today is just YouTube or eBay is just PayPal, but those turned out to be really seminal mo- moments. And we think for VMware, uh, it's not that you know, the only asset in VMware's portfolio is AirWatch, but it's going to be one of those moments where AirWatch for us can be a YouTube or PayPal moment because it gets us to a whole new set of users that VMware never got to before. Um, we'd like to be in a place where we have 100 million virtual machines in the data center, but we've never had a play to get to 100 million devices at the end user uh, thing. So I think it's one of those moments that we can embrace, and we just have to march our way to getting to those half billion or a billion devices you know, that we can manage and secure before anybody else does. I think the first company that gets to 100,000 customers 
and 100 million devices, it's game over. Interesting. Hopefully, you know, we want to be that company. Will that happen in two years? I hope so. If it doesn't take a little longer, I just want to be ahead of everybody else uh, with John's help and then continue to fuel John's, uh, you know, desire to continue to build out the portfolio. I think with management secure, there's so much. I mean, he and I and Alan have been talking about all the different things we could do. Uh, I think it's very exciting, whether it's build or acquiring build, that we can build into that platform and make it not just a point product, but a platform sale. And I think that would really be very exciting, not just for us, but for the industry. Okay, so... You know, there's one other point, uh, I'm sorry, Brian, there's, there's one other point on that. I think it's a great sign that we've seen so much interest from people in the last five days that want to join our team. And I think, you know, when this happens, uh, you, you, you know, you're always plus the moment, but then when the LinkedIn's and the HR and the CVs and people that have been in the space and have been in the industry, perhaps they're with a competitor, perhaps they're with something in a tangent space, but I also feel like, it, you know, this is one of those things where to, to be the market leader, you also have to continue bringing aboard uh, the best people, and we talked about that a few minutes ago with Dan Jay and, and his recruiting, but I'm very encouraged by the number of phenomenal people across Dev, sales, channel, all of that, that just in, in the last couple of days have reached out, and certainly it's going to take us a little bit to digest, get through the next uh, 30 to 60 days, but, you know, it's very exciting to see that, it, and, and that, again, will help fuel our growth and, and continue to build a great team for everybody. Okay, so last question, because I know you're dying to get off the phone, because I know you have another call, John, but, you know, you call yourself the leader and everything else. Who do you see your closest competition to be? I think it's a game of execution, and I think uh, the enemy for us is time. So, you know, the enemy for us is how quickly we can execute. Uh, you know, I'm very respectful. Uh, everybody's aware of the other big players that are out there. You know, there's a handful of household names. Uh, certainly, there's also co-opposition. We look at companies like Microsoft, where we partner really well, but we're also very respectful that they're going to have their Intune product and, and be, you know, uh, strong there. We also look at somebody like an IBM, where, you know, IBM, we have a phenomenal partnership on the, on the GTS side, and we're continuing to go to market and win big deals together, but we're also respectful that they have a software side that is going to have a, a very credible platform as well. So, you know, I think we're looking at some of the other real top tier out there and differentiating and crafting our own story, but, uh, but certainly, again, I think, you know, coming up with great ideas is hard. Executing day in and day out is even harder, and, and we look at, you know, time is the enemy to get to that hundred million. Uh, and, and uh, you know, the first 100,000 customers. Sanjay? I think very briefly, I think in our you know, investor, we talked about this space really um, moving away from points products to unified solutions. So I think long term, we'll stop talking about a set of products in the desktop area, another set of products in the mobile area, underlying services, whether it's social computing, whether it's file sync or share or identity. And these are all points. I mean, I don't even name them, but they're all points. Uh, brands and names in each of these places. I think we have an opportunity uh, when you're unified that they'll have a VMware AirWatch brand across every one of those segments. Uh, and I think over time, we have to just move faster than, I don't think it's going to be the bigger company. It's going to be startups that try to do small, small piece of it that's best of breed. And uh, we have to be humble and hungry constantly innovating. If we can innovate in every one of what the areas we call enterprise mobile management security or the areas we call industry computing, five to 10x um, better than a standalone point product you could build that's best of breed, um, I think CIOs will flock to us and line of business uh, leaders do. And that's going to be our goal 
Right, great answers. And guys, I'm, I'm going to thank you. We'll stop it here because I think John might kill me if I don't. Um, I think that you know, between the three of us, we could probably go another half hour or hour, but um, as much as the listeners might like that, um, let me just say thank you very much, guys. Thank you, John. Thank you, Sanjay. Great to, great to be on the Thank program. Thank you, Brian. All the very best. All right. And to my listeners, I hope you enjoyed this. And um, we've come back from vacation. We're coming back strong and looking forward to um, a bunch of more mobile casts coming up. And I hope you enjoyed this one. And any suggestions, please send them to us on Twitter, at the mobile cast. And we'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.